You're listening to Neurodiversity at Work. Welcome to today's episode, sponsored and powered by Dynamis Group. Recently honoured to be part of 300 years of leadership and innovation. We at Dynamis believe that business is a catalyst for positive impact in the world. By building a bridge between the top leaders of today and the brightest leaders of tomorrow. We inspire them to do things they have never done before. Jack, welcome to the podcast. We're here again, neurodiversity at work, eliminating kryptonite, enabling superheroes. Woo! Um, Jack, you and I met recently at an incredible event um, run by the ADHD Foundation. Uh, neurodiversity, a new paradigm uh, and I was blessed to have you come over and say hi to me um, and your story, your journey, your interest absolutely fascinated me and straight away I was like Jack you've got to come on the podcast uh, as well as support um, some of the incredible work you're going to do uh, and you can tell us a bit more about that uh, a little later on. So um, Jack if you'd just like to introduce yourself let, uh, let the audience know who you are, what you do, a little bit about yourself. So my name's Jack Fitzpatrick, I'm 21 years old and I'm, I've just finished my degree at John Moores University studying Education Studies and Inclusion, which I graduate next week and I got a first in. So um, I have a diagnosis of autism and dyspraxia and want to allow and, and enable everyone to reach their full potential. And this has taken me from a from a long journey from when I was diagnosed at the age of four to just finishing my degree now and the future. Amazing and congratulations on, on getting the first um, and, and later on we can talk a little bit more about um, you know what you're going to do with that first which I think is, is incredible the journey you're, you're going to go on. So um, just tell us then a little bit about that, let us into Jack's world. Um, a bit more about you, a bit more about um, the diagnosis, the journey, where it all began, um, right up a, a, until today, I guess. Yeah, so um, my mum is a social worker, my dad's a police officer, and just shortly after I was born, at, um, they noticed that something was slightly different and not uh, hitting the milestones of my development. And so they decided to... Um, investigate a bit more and it was um, through the health system that they decided to go to an educational psychologist and, and um, get my diagnosis. It took a while for them to understand and to look at my development to, to, to make sure that they could clarify the diagnosis um, for myself. But um, yes, at the age of um, three and a half, four, I was diagnosed with autism and dyspraxia and that's when my journey really started. 
So I've had many struggles and barriers to overcome to reach my full potential. But this started at this stage. And basically, um, from that, um, I went to Kingsmead School um, from the age of three to 16. And it was a brilliant place. It was a private school, but there was small class sizes. And it was great to have basically like one to one tuition. There were 12 in my year. Um, that was at the end of the schooling. But going back to just shortly after my diagnosis, I had a fantastic um, preschool teacher who was who was called um, Gillian Leake. And uh, Mrs. Leake was absolutely fantastic with me and, and understood my needs from a very, very young age. So much so that she followed me through several years, but managed to um, set up a individual learning plan, an ILP. Um, and this started with an action plan, which um, af shortly after diagnosis, this is before the Children's and Families Act 2014 came in, um, you originally had an action plan when you were first diagnosed. And this action plan was a series of um, commitments from the school, the health practitioners and the psychologists to help with my development. And Kingsmead started um, by looking for a one-to-one -one learning support assistant by the age of five, so a year or two after my diagnosis. Um, and we looked and we looked and looked for many different um, perspectives and we we spoke to a couple of different people when they were interviewing and and then I um, got Mrs B, Lorraine Bradbury. Um, she was absolutely fantastic with me and it's a very, very rare occasion that she, she stayed with me throughout my schooling, all the way throughout um, my education um, and supported me in a very special way. Um, Lorraine was was really really good and understood my needs. She worked with me to to get my social development, my physical development, um, by doing programs such as the Door Program, Theor Order Rescue, which was to improve my handwriting because my handwriting was poor back then and still is now. But um, we've managed to move it on quite a bit and and to also um, to also understand letters and words for instance I thought when I got my glasses uh, when I was younger about six that um, I I thought I could read because my grandma and my granddad said pass me my glasses I'll be able to you know I can read that then and I thought that so I took that literally to mean that and therefore was very resistant to reading after I got the glasses and, and you know wouldn't move or progress further so for instance, the school and Mrs. Bradbury um, came up with a with a very in ingenious idea to 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 get me to read by using like a social use of story, which is pictorial um, pictorial representation on one side and the word either above or to the side, and they got me to to read by pointing to that picture and saying, "What is that?" And it was tree. It was a tree, for instance. And I used to go T-R-E-E, -E, tree. And they used to break it down for me. And that's what got me to read and, and has massively helped me to, to get to the stage that I'm at today. Moving forward a little bit further, 
um, Mrs. Bradbury was still with me until my GCSEs, and um, basically it was it was great because she was able to scribe for me and able to help me through those exams and guide me through that process. It didn't come without its difficulties because GCSEs were challenging, but I did manage to get eight GCSEs um, A to C, and it was an amazing achievement. Uh, for myself, for the school, for Mrs. Bradbury, who guided me and, and helped me to get me to that stage. I then came to the transition point um, between my schooling and sixth form. And the school, unfortunately, at that point didn't have a sixth form. So I had to leave that school. And it was a big jump because I went to Birkenhead Sixth Form College. And Birkenhead Sixth Form College was very big it had hundreds of students in it compared with the small class sizes so it was quite a leap for me um, and with the transition the children and families act as i was mentioning earlier came in and i had to convert my statement which was the document um supporting me with my arrangements at school to an educational health care plan which is a multi-agency holistic response of educational uh, education health care social care and also had third sector charities um, such as Bernardo's helping as well at that particular point um, because they wanted to understand um, the new system. Um, and my plan was one of the first on the world to get converted over. And in that meeting, as I was saying, those agencies were there around the table with me. But it was very child centred, which I thought was amazing because you got to... Um, you got to uh, have a say in the the decisions, the um, the construction of that plan, and that plan set me up to to for my transition. Um, the sixth form college were absolutely fantastic and allowed me to come in several times before um, before I um, before I came there before I went there, um, and they got me orientated by using their staff card um as like a like a rectangular um shape saying that the entire college is basically on a rectangle so you can't really get lost if you just follow it round you'll get back to the reception area and showed me the classrooms and and, and used used it visually um to 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 help me orientate myself um the the special educational needs coordinators, um, Cheryl and James there, were absolutely um, brilliant. Um, they, 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 they gave me the support, they gave me subject specific learning support assistance, and it really helped me to move on another stage because I was so used to Mrs. Bradbury for many, many years. Um, it, was a, it was a big change to get used to, but it kind of helped me move on and develop a little bit because um, I was meeting new people. I was I was moving into sixth form, and during this um, during this time, I met many interesting people. Um, I got opportunities that I wouldn't have usually have got to. My politics teacher Jane and my learning support assistant Barb were Barbara Campbell were, were absolutely um, fantastic with me, and. Um, we, for instance, went down to Parliament. We got to see the Supreme Court judgments and different things like that. We we went to book signings that with 
that Gordon Brown was launching his book in Liverpool. It was just a really unique experience there. But um, the important side of it was the support um, from the area where all of the learning support assistants and the Senkos were, um, was uh, in this area of the college called the Learning Assistance Base. Now, this was a specialist area for people with disabilities to go and study. You had all the support on hand. You had counsellors. You had everything uh, in that particular area in one location. Um, so it was easy access for people. And uh, as I was coming to the end of my studies, I was um, I was invited to go for head student. And during the application process, um, they said we've actually found um, we've actually found a different role for you. We can't give you head student, but we'd like to give you this role. And it was a dis it was me as a disabled young person representing the students. Um, at board level, at managerial level and academy trust level, because they own several schools, um, to um, feed in any comments or feedback from particular people coming up to me and saying, I'm struggling with this or can we improve this? But actually, it was more more than that. Um, the, the particular... Um, the particular role was also helping the students directly and so if there were any problems or queries I could go to the special and educational needs coordinator the SENCO and they'd help me negotiate and, and, and find a solution for this. A real example of this and, and it stayed with me for many many years was a boy who had um, who was partially sighted and he um, he he, he came up to me on one of his first days and said to me, I can't see the menus in the cafeteria and I'm really struggling to navigate the college. Um, I, I, I'm thinking about leaving. And he said to me, uh, he said this to me and, and I went straight to the Senkos and asked them, what can I do to help this boy? Um, and basically, he said, uh, they said, go straight up to marketing what are his visual preferences, font preferences, um, paper size preferences, and they um, uh, they they helped him through that through that particular um, difficult time, and with his part, who was partially sighted, um, he felt confident to then go through the 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 courses at the college and uh, with those reasonable adjustments succeed and 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 he got some really good grades and, and moved on to university after that but um, I left shortly after um, after that example and he then got the confidence to put himself forward for that role after after the um, after I left and the role is still going to this day, which is just a fantastic initiative that that Birkenhead Sixth Form College have done. And I was really worried about the transition because your educational healthcare plan finishes at the age of uh, at the age of eighteen when you leave, or when you leave um, uh, sixth form or college or or, or apprenticeship or whatever. Um, form of education before university um, you undertake and so 
uh, it was just by pure chance that on the off chance I was speaking to the Senko one day about the tran uh, transition and he said about the Disability Student Allowance DSA. DSA is absolutely fantastic. It really, really couldn't have helped me enough. Um, basically, it was all of the support that I have had all the way throughout my education and more. So in terms of um, the transition to university, I then got a needs assessment through through Broadbent and Co in Liverpool, and then um, and then after that they wrote a re extensive report to the disability team at John Moores. And just before I undertook my course, they came back to me with my full list of support. Where during the three years of my course, I've had a taxi allowance because that's a big. Um, big form of anxiety for me getting myself pl from place to place in public transport so they sorted that out by giving me a account that was set up with a taxi firm and um, I just rang and booked my taxi the night before so that took the stress out of getting to uni completely and allowed me to focus on the work. They also um, gave me a mental health um, mental health uh, mentor and that's been really invaluable, you know, with the stresses, the the pressures of deadlines and things like that, helping me through that uh, and any anxieties that I've had. They've also given me an academic mentor who has helped me to keep my work all structured and um, keep my sentences from rambling. Um, and through that has helped me and allowed me to reach my full potential whilst I've been at uni and get 82% in my dissertation and get my first. Um, during the time that I've been at university, um, I've had some fantastic experiences by sitting on committees with the Vice-Chancellor for, for the Pro-Vice-Chancellor for Student Experience, um, being involved with the disability team at conferences, um, I have also been involved with um, the planning and speaking at a disability careers event that we did last year and we're also planning to do later on this year again. Um, and also um, having some invaluable support from my tutors and lecturers. I'd like to thank Craig Hammond. Um, he's been invaluable throughout my um throughout my degree and, and, and su the support he's provided me with my supervision for my dissertation. I've also been given opportunities to speak at Advanced HE, which is a UK-wide um, education conference, higher education conference. Um, and last week, um, meeting Theo at the, at the um, Neurodiversity and New Paradigm, they supported me to get, uh, to get my ticket for that. Um, and these fantastic experiences have fed into um, my work experience whilst I've been at university as well. And during this time, I worked um, with Aggregate Industries, a UK division of Lafarge, now owned by the Wholesome Group, um, in which they've, that I cannot thank them enough. Um, Hazel Mooney was my line manager, and she was absolutely fantastic and provided me the support, the resources and the access to people for my dissertation. During this time, um, they've gone through radical change um, for improving their equality, diversity and inclusion culture. And I'm glad to say that I've helped with this. Um, so during the time, it started with um, 
working with them in January last year. And during COVID, it was really difficult to do work placement remotely, but they took me on and they allowed me access to managerial level staff um, to be interviewed and to understand where they were in the development of the culture um, in which they had a focus on gender and ethnicity. But then uh, they decided to expand from a 5000 word report with 20 recommendations that I wrote about them um, uh, to take a more holistic stance of age, gender, sexuality, um, whether you're a veteran as well, support um, support groups called affinity groups or employee resource groups, um, where during this time they've radically gone through um, transformation um, for this uh, by introducing the Sunflower Lanyard, which is a hidden um, or unseen disabilities initiative to raise the awareness um, that people have conditions that are not physical but um, can impact them in many different ways. So the Lanyard um, scheme was undertaken by Aggregate Industries and they've had a huge increase in their disclosure rate. They've had a improvement in the company culture and it's created an open culture for discussion and conversation. And this has allowed um, people to disclose for the first time sometimes uh, some some conditions and additional workplace adjustments um, that they wouldn't have come out and said before. They um, have also implemented listening circles and have also um, been nominated for awards as well um, for most improved company of the year for equality, diversity and inclusion and also um, Hazel should get recognition for how much she has pushed the agenda within the company and getting executive buy-in because that is really key in order to help transform that culture. My dissertation was on the culture changed throughout um, throughout that time that I was with them and looking at it at the impact 12, 12 months on. Um, and I've, I've got to say they have been a fantastic company to work for and they have been amazing in, in the initiatives that they have been developed. Um, so, yes, um, that 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 is um, the experience that I've had whilst I've been throughout the university and my journey so far and hopefully going on to um, further study down the line and um, yeah, mo moving moving the um equality diversity and inclusion uh culture and and impact uh i try and advocate for as much as possible brilliant i love it jack i love it and uh it's so I, I mean you've just taken that us on a lovely journey through uh your experiences there there's a few things i want to put out so one is as a dad of a nine-year-old daughter who's recently um had her ehcp signed off She's had her autism diagnosis, had her ADHD diagnosis, and there's a number of other factors, probably dyscalculia, dyspraxia, definitely dyslexia. Who knows what else, right? It's, com it's complex, co-occurrence. But what I love from a, from a dad's perspective, and somebody who's ND as well, right, who didn't get any support um, because it wasn't, um, it wasn't recognised, it wasn't seen as I grew up. Um, it was seen in other areas and instances in terms of um, attitude, 
um, and lack of ability rather than uh, strength or possible ability. But for my daughter, we can make that difference. So I'm sure there's plenty of people hearing now. The positive story you've told there is really empowering for me as a parent. It makes me feel like I have some control over it, um, which I really thank you for. Um, and it is incredible. And the work that you've done, basically you've had some great opportunities there and you and your family and those around you have absolutely embraced them. And now what we have is an incredible opportunity to support others through your experiences and through the work that you've done. So just to really applaud you, um, your success, the work that you've done um, to get where you are today and, and the work that you're now doing is, is brilliant. Uh, and I just thank you because sharing it is really helpful for others, not just younger people coming through that process, but actually the parents, family members as well. So just wanted to call that out. Um, and the other thing is, uh, I, so I was going to, at some point, stop you and ask, you know, around the passion for Andy in the workplace, but I, I couldn't because it was naturally coming out because that is it. Your journey, your experience, your influence, the things that you have done naturally through your experiences to give back and to put a lens on it for others, to be able to see and to understand and to experience. I can just feel the energy and the passion for um, trying to embed that within work practices, within within educational institutions, maybe within political um, the political world paradigm, right? So uh, uh, that is incredible as well. Um, so I guess what's next for me, um, Jack, it's still at the very early, early part of your your life, your career, which is wonderful, right? To have, to have had so many experiences up to this point. What is the future for you? Where do you, where do you now see yourself hmm. and the work of neurodiversity going? So, um, Theo, I, what I'd like to do is just to say thank you to yourself for, uh, for, for um, allowing me to share my story there. And I'd also like to my uh, like to thank my mum and my dad who have been absolutely the bedrock for my um you know my support and have and it's not come without its struggles um it it's it's been hard for them but they are um absolutely fantastic and they have really supported me throughout um for for everything that I've done um so basically um. So basically, I'd like to thank them for that. So going forward, um, I am planning to um, set up my own business, maybe called Fit Fitzpatrick EDI, um, in which I've it's early stages, but I've had interest from major companies um, such as Everton Football Club, um, AstraZeneca, maybe to, to speak at their neurodiversity week next year, maybe. And also... Um, Heathrow Airport quite possibly so so that's 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 amazing and that people are uh, understanding and taking the um, taking the opportunity to value neurodiversity within their workforces and it's so important um, something I'd like to highlight now is is um, the 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 as I was saying the importance of the sunflower lanyard is so um it's so good to get that on the agenda, to get people speaking about it, to get people in to to highlight that. But also um, the development of people um, being able to work from home and different uh, different places has allowed people to to be able to 
reach their full potential. Like for myself, that company, Aggregate Industries that I was mentioning, was based in Leicestershire. And that was would have been tricky for me if I was in person. But actually doing that remotely really gave me a very unique opportunity. The company hadn't really done that before. It was during COVID, it was challenging, but it's allowed people to see the benefits of people working from home can produce significant things. And and that uh, is an important way to, to, to think about things as well, that people work at their own different paces, paces. And what I see, I don't see my disability as something that's, um, disabling me it, it, as as negative I see it as an ability to see the world with a different light and and a different lens as you were saying um, it allows people to do amazing things to push boundaries to 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 move things forward and this um, yeah this is a unique opportunity now because um, neurodiversity is becoming on the agenda of many businesses as part of their corporate social responsibility and their, you know, and their um, EDI agendas. Um, it, it's so important to think about that um, and bear that in mind is what I'd say to companies. Um, for, for myself, for the future, um, I am hoping to do a PhD. Uh, I've been I've been um, asked by the university, it's not confirmed fully yet, but um, I've been asked by the university to undertake more research into change management, fingers crossed, yes, and um, and and that would be fantastic if I do get that, to look at more the public sector um, and see how businesses undertake that uh, corporate culture shift in the public sector organizations so yeah that that would be that'd be fantastic to undertake that and, and do that and and really for myself it's about making sure that I, I spread and I know I know that it's the same with you Theo the word about neurodiversity and how important it is um spreading the word about um about how people can um People can be unique and people can uh, reach their full potential in different ways. As you highlighted in the speech last week, um, Theo, at the Neurodiversity and New Paradigm Conference, there's a fantastic article by the Harvard Business Review um, saying that uh, neurodiversity can be a competitive advantage. And it's great to see that companies such as EY, um, SAP, Hewitt Packard Enterprises, Microsoft, the, the, the likes of these big multinational companies are taking on um, more neurodiverse staff and more um, programs have been created to assess that in different ways. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And well done for calling that out. And the other thing is, um, you know, I thought Heathrow was a great example as well. It's not just, mm. not just um, it's a competitive advantage, but how many customers, how much footfall do you have yeah. through your organisation? whether it's through consumers or, you know, in Heathrow's example, it's people, you know, passing through airports, probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, you know, over the years that, that, that walk through that environment. And if that environment is not built in a conducive way to support all minds um, and all abilities, then uh, we have a problem, right? And, and they've not, that's, that's the challenge. So organisations, 
and environments that are starting to consider it um, can really make um, impactful uh, changes and transformation to people's lives. So as, as an example here, um, we can achieve, um, our, you know, we can achieve our, our best abilities, our best selves. We can be our best selves, you know, which I think is really important, which often for a lot of us, that, that got missed out somewhere along the line. It happens early on, unfortunately, through the education system. Um, and we have issues where, you know, too many people end up in the in the um, school to prison pipeline um, or just not meeting their potential, which is a real shame. But here is the example of um, what we could be achieving if we can give that focus and attention. Um, and we're talking about a good proportion of people here. But listen, the problem we have here, <laughs> Jack, is that probably a lot of the people who listen to this uh, are already champions, you see. So we all have to take our own... Uh, uh, you know, our own energy, our own enthusiasm and transform those people who are on the fence. Not necessarily because they're on the fence because they don't buy into it, they don't believe it, but they've yet to be evangelised. You know, they've yet to truly understand what this means. And the minute they have, what I tend to find is people are massively engaged and want to support this um, uh, and help where they can. So that's the great thing. And I think that's why we're seeing, uh, we're seeing it take off. Listen, Jack, um, you're incredible. Um, love the work that you're doing. Um, and I see bright things for you. Um, but you don't need me to tell you that. So thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity that you've given me here. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Neurodiversity, eliminating kryptonite, enabling superheroes. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can like, share, comment, find us anywhere on any good podcasting host. You can also do some further reading up and buy my book, uh, co-authored with Professor Amanda Kirby, Neurodiversity at Work. You can get it on Amazon with Kogan Page, our publisher, and pretty much any other good bookstore. Enjoy. Look forward to your feedback. And keep listening to the show. Thank you.